Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, everyone. You've tuned in to Dr. Low Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Thanks for joining me again for a wonderful show. I'm excited to be back on the show. I feel like it's been a while, although I did have a show last week, but I think I took a bit of a break before that. So I'm getting back in the groove, excited to bring you guys some weekly shows again. If you missed last week's show, we had Jennifer Fugo on from Gluten-Free School, and I thought it was a really good show. She was really engaging. We were talking about how to uh, detect gluten in your environment, maybe things that you naturally would kind of gravitate towards, but actually do have some gluten in them. So it was a nice way to to go gluten-free, especially on a budget. So check out last week's show. I thought it was really Really, really good. And uh, future shows coming up. Next week, we're going to have Dr. Diana Hoppy on the show. She is um, a gynecologist, actually, local in my area, and she helps with women's sex drives. So we're going to be talking how to boost your sex drive naturally. So that's next week. Uh, and then the following week, we're going to have uh, Jordan and Steve back on the show from SCD Lifestyle, and that's going to be all about healing the gut naturally. You guys know we bring the best natural medicine and nutrition information, so I'm really all about empowering you guys, giving you, you know, options so that there's more out there than what you might think. So those are the shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. And then tonight, third is a charm. We have, we've tried to have Alex on the show before, first time, uh, something going on at her end, second time, something going on at my end, and we have her on the show tonight. So we have Alexandra Jameson on the show. She has been on Oprah, CNN, 30 Days. She's a co-creator and co-star of the Oscar-nominated documentary, Super Size Me. In her three books, Vegan Cooking for Dummies, Living Vegan for Dummies, and The Great American Detox Diet, she gives really great information about advice to how to detox, how to live healthfully, and feel fantastic. And, of course, what the show is all about tonight is trusting cravings. So, uh, as we'll talk more about tonight, Alex actually made a huge lifestyle change and uh, trusted her cravings, and that's what it's all about. So, And she's going to give us lots more information about that. Um, she is a professionally trained healthy gourmet chef. She uh, uh, studied in New York uh, City's Natural Gourmet Institute for Health and Culinary Arts. She's also a certified health and nutrition counselor, and she studied with the groundbreaking pioneers in the field of nutrition at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Alex is the co-creator, sorry, is the creator and host of the upcoming Super Size Me 10-year anniversary fixed food series, where she, were in, she will interview 40 leading experts in health, nutrition, and food justice about how we can all fix our food, which is super important and needed nowadays. So good to have you on the show, Alex. Thanks for being on the show, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you. It's great to be here. So great to, you know, actually have you on after meeting you at JJ Virgin's event. It's nice that I can actually see your face in my head. So good to meet you there. That's right. <laughs> I meet the best people How, at JJ's events. Oh, my God. So much fun. How have things been for you? Things have been great. I actually just turned in the manuscript for my fourth book, which will be coming out in January. It's quite a ways away, but it feels really good to have that turned in. Wow. Isn't that a nice weight lifted off? Absolutely. It's such a labor of love, and it's it's a, a bit of a departure from the first three books, which were really about vegan nutrition 
and cooking, although I think they're, uh, you know, you and I are going to talk a little bit about that evolution tonight. Yeah, so tell me, what is your, your next book about, or can you give the, the the title or kind of the general realm of things with that, or do you want to keep us in the dark? Absolutely. No, okay. absolutely. I'd, be, I'd love to share it with you. So the book is called Women, Food, and Desire. And Ooh. the subtitle, yeah, the subtitle uh-huh. is Embrace Your Embrace Your Cravings, Make Peace with Food, and Love Your Body. I love so it. So it's really, it's really a kind of a memoir manifesto, um, my own personal journey with cravings and learning to get underneath uh, what the messages my body was actually sending me and learning to disconnect but tune in at the same time um, what my brain was telling me I should be doing and what my body was telling me I needed to do. Mhm. Yeah. And you know, I was I was watching um the TED talk that you gave today. So thanks for sending that. That was really helpful to to get a little bit of the backstory. And what I loved about what I took away from from the talk and what you've mentioned in some other podcasts and shows that I love is that through the evolution of your journey, it's it's not like I was vegan, which was a bad idea and then I changed into something else. It was like each stage you were in, you were actually listening to your body and you were doing what was right for you at the time. And I, I really like that. It's actually listening to those cravings. And so I'm sure it provided a benefit being vegan for a bit and then your body was ready for something else. Would you kind of agree with that? Give us a little bit of kind of the story of how this has all evolved for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I discovered a vegan diet about 14 years ago when I was very sick in my mid-20s. And the the reason I was sick was because of my fast food lifestyle. You know, I grew up a, a teenager and young 20-something just living on fast food. And because I had been athletic my whole childhood, I got away with it for a while just in terms of weight management but my body couldn't keep up with the amount of toxic food I was consuming. And by the time I got to the age of 25, I started putting on lots of weight. I put on about 30 pounds, and I was having migraine headaches almost every day, exhausted, my joints were aching, and I was depressed. I would, you know, I would sleep all weekend, and I would still go to work exhausted on Monday morning. And when you're dealing with constant joint pain, constant headaches, it, it really starts to take a toll on your outlook on life. So I, I went to a doctor and I, I asked him for help. And really within just a few minutes, he was giving me prescriptions for painkillers and Prozac. Mm. And you know, my own personal family history with drug addiction and suicide from overdose was still so present with me that I I said you know what I I can't do that I need to find out what the what the real problem is here, so yeah. I went to the library and I went to a doctor who was more holistic and he asked me what I was eating, and mm-hmm. it was such a light bulb moment for me when he right. told me you know your di- your diet is the problem. What and a concept, he right? Gave me, <laughs> it really was a concept at the time. Yeah. You know, this was 14 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, it was very unusual to find a doctor who was a, into, you know, a functional medicine doctor who said we need to treat the underlying causes of these symptoms, not just mask them. So within a couple of weeks, I had taken his advice and taken it several steps further, going completely vegan after I had learned what that was. And it, it just felt like 
the right thing to do. You know, again, I I had a, a physical, visceral reaction to those prescriptions where he handed me the p- pieces of paper and I was afraid. I was afraid to take the prescriptions. I didn't want to become addicted to them. My family had had all these problems with addiction. And the idea of going vegan after I read about it, I said, you know what, that that feels like the right thing to do. And I did, and I took all the refined foods out of my diet and... It was very challenging at first because I didn't know any vegans. There wasn't whole foods yet. It was kind of challenging to put the whole plan together on my own, but it worked. And within a few weeks, the headaches were gone. The weight started falling off. I woke up feeling good, no more depression. And it became my life's passion. I thought, wow, if I can heal my body by changing my food and change my outlook on life, this is all I want to do. I just want to help people do this too. And for the next 10 years, I studied, I went to culinary school, health coaching school, and right, you know, recently, or or just after I made that change and healed my body was when I met Morgan. And he was a budding filmmaker, and we came up with the idea for Super Size Me Together and made the movie, and it was like lightning in a bottle. You know, his, his idea to eat nothing but McDonald's for a month while it was scary for me to watch him go through it, it was a it was a great film, and it really illustrated what can happen so quickly to us when we eat this standard American fast food lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And just in case people haven't seen the film, you know, Morgan ate nothing but McDonald's for a month. He put on 24 and a half pounds. His liver was so filled with fat, he was giving himself non-alcoholic hepatitis. And his cholesterol went up 60 points. He was exhausted, depressed, a lot of the same symptoms I had been feeling before my own detox. And it was a, a great film, very inspirational for a lot of people. Now, how so did you after bounce back mo- after adding regular foods back in? I, I don't know if I ever got like the, the after story with that. So that was actually the first book that I wrote, The Great American Detox Diet. Okay. That was the the plan that I put Morgan on, which was basically the the same whole foods, plant-based diet that I ate to heal my own body. So it was a a vegan diet, no refined foods whatsoever, no caffeine, no sugar. And it took about 2 months for his cholesterol and liver to heal. Uh, very, you know, very soon after uh, going off McDonald's and onto this detox diet, within about a week, you know, the headaches, the mood, all of the other issues, those resolved. It took him a while to lose the weight and keep the weight off because when you gain that much weight that quickly, your body can go into this kind of rebound mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did um, did McDonald's take a hit financially from this? I'm. It was a while back. Unfortunately, no, Uh, but the movie did have an impact. The movie did have an impact. Um, Many people wrote to us and continue to write to us now saying, I saw the movie and I'm never going to eat McDonald's again. I meet people all the time. Kids still watch it in high schools. You know, they put out an educational version of the movie uh, to use in health classes and kids watch it today and say, I'm not eating that ever again. 
Um, it did have an impact on McDonald's in that they ended their supersized options very soon after the film came out, although they said it had nothing to do with that film whatsoever. They right. wouldn't even, even say the name exactly of the movie. Exactly that same time, right, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right, right. So unfortunately, our, you know, our current health care crisis has only gotten worse. Yeah. And I, I, you know, we know more now than we did at the time. Um, and I think the film has inspired a lot of people, but there's still a lot of people to help and inspire and changes that need to be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so at some point, being a vegan, eating a vegan diet no longer was working for you. So how did that kind of come about? Well, I was vegan for over a decade, close to 12 years. And, you know, Morgan and I married after Super Size Me. We had a little boy together. But our marriage didn't last, and we divorced. And right around the time we were separating, and I was, you know, I had taken some time off to take care of our son. Uh, we were divorcing. I was getting my business back up and running. I was a single mom, and here I was now in my mid-30s, and my body started craving meat. This was bad. Uh-oh. I had been. You know, I had not wanted meat and I've been interested in it for years. And all of a sudden I started, I would go out to dinner with friends and I would be ordering the vegetarian option with no cheese and they would be getting a steak or salmon and I would just start drooling over their food. (laughs) And, you know, know, I, I don't know if you've ever been through a rough breakup, but going through a divorce was really emotionally and physically stressful. And... My libido, you know, I heard you mention that you're going to have someone on talking about hormones later and gut health. Well, I see those two things as very closely related, actually. And my libido was completely, it was like encased in cement at the bottom of the ocean uh, after and during and during the divorce. You know, things just were so emotionally draining. I was completely out of touch with that part of my body. And previously, I had... I feel like I had been raised in a very healthy family, not just food, but just, you know, having a healthy sexuality, a a confidence in my body. And I realized that I, I missed that part of myself. Well, around the same time, so all these things were happening, getting divorced, I started craving meat, and then my menstrual cycle started getting shorter and shorter. It was coming every 14 to 16 days. And I realized that these things all were connected. And I was coaching my own clients to listen to their bodies and tune into their cravings, guide themselves, and I wasn't doing the same. So I finally, after over a year, maybe two years of wanting these animal foods again, I started secretly eating animal products again. You know, I was so concerned what people were going to think because I had written now three books on vegan nutrition and I was so scared what would happen to my business, even though most of my clients were not vegan. I'll, you know, I counsel a lot of different people around health, but I, I started eating it and even though emotionally I was having a hard time with it, physically it felt so good. My body said, thank you, more of that please. <laughs> What did you notice? And what benefits did you notice physically? 
Well, my I was satiated much quicker. Um, mm-hmm. My energy went up, and my menstrual cycle went back to normal. And that took that took mm-hmm. a couple of months. It took a few months um, to go from 14 to 16 days to back to like you know 26, 28 days. And mm-hmm. thank goodness for that. It was exhausting. Uh, it was really stressful, and I had tr- I had really tried everything within the re- vegan framework to heal my cycle. But what I thought was also interesting was that as I started eating animal products again, my desire came back, and mm-hmm. I thought, "Wow, I'm not dead. I actually I'm a young woman. I'm only 35. I I want to start dating again. You know, <laughs> my marriage is over. Okay." But I was craving men. I like to say I was craving men and meatballs. And I just allowed myself, <laughs> and I just allowed myself to no start dating. No pun intended. Oh. oh, it was actually what I, yes, it was actually the truth. Um, and the more I listened to my body, the the happier I became, the more physically fit I became, the more emotionally stable I became. And... I I am now encouraging women and men to just become the exquisite caretakers of their cravings and desires. You know, we've been taught unfortunately from such a young age, especially women, but I think men as well in this culture, that your cravings are bad. Cravings and desires, whether it be for certain foods or for sex, that they those are evil. There's a tinge of sin to so much of what our very human bodies want when in reality if we could just take a step back and be more or less judgmental about what we want then we could really ask the underlying questions of well why do i want that you know what does my body really want you know i see cravings as a cry from your body to find balance that's it yeah it's nothing For nothing sure. more nothing less and that's pretty great you know you already know everything you need to know to fix yourself in a lot of ways and i think there's three main areas of cravings in terms of what i've seen with my clients over the years you know our cravings can come from emotional imbalances uh physical or nutritional imbalances I think in in my own story, I was experiencing all of them at the same time. Um, And I I think many of the people I've counseled have some kind of mixture of the three. So maybe you've you've noticed the same if you've looked at at your own uh, readers' cravings in the past. Oh, completely. And, And, you know, I can even identify, too, I... Um, I was a vegan shortly, but vegetarian for about, you know, three and a half years. It wasn't as long as, as your um, experience, but my, I mean, my menstrual cycles, I would have a period every two, two and a half months at times. Uh, so mine actually wow. went the opposite direction, and I had a very underactive thyroid, and it wasn't until I changed my diet and got my thyroid addressed that I have regular cycles now. So it's just mm-hmm. fascinating to see the impact on food and hormones, and it's 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 huge. And with your story, I think the part that I'm most fascinated by is just the – it's like you almost had to give yourself permission to do something for yourself like, you know, eat meat again. Because there, I, I, it's just – it's fascinating to me. You, you had been – you identified yourself as a vegan expert, you know, and and mm-hmm. it, it's the very best way to be. And it just took a lot of your own balls, really, to 
change that and and then just giving yourself that grace. So, I mean, was there something yeah. that you felt like made that shift for you? Was it a gradual thing of just giving yourself more and more grace as you went through it? You know, I I realized that I needed to be a stand for integrity in my mm-hmm. life and my business. That yeah. I, I I was beginning to, I, I call it coming out, I was beginning to come yeah. out to some friends and some of my clients telling them, you know, so so this is what's been happening for me and I've been able to help my own body by changing what I thought I should do and instead do what my body was really asking for. And it can be the simplest needle movers. It can be so, it can seem so mundane. It can seem too easy. You know, eating meat again. For, for so many of my clients, it's getting eight hours of sleep Every night for a month can change everything. Mm. For others, it's, you know, it is, it's sexual pleasure. You know, our hormones are so affected by physical pleasure. And mm-hmm. I, I've taken many a client to Babeland, which is a, a fabulous, uh, you know, clean, well-lit place for sex toys, to say, you know what, you're in your mid-40s and you're not dating and you're not in a relationship, we need to get you a vibrator. You know, the more (laughs) physical pleasure you have, the more orgasms you allow yourself to enjoy, the more balanced your hormones are going to be. And by the way, if you want to lose some of that belly fat, I think it's a great idea to start giving your midsection as much fun as possible. (laughs) So all of these things are related, but it can seem... It can seem, again, so um, like, well, that's not a diet plan. You know, where's the restriction? I'm used to having a plan that tells me when to eat and exactly how many calories and grams I'm supposed to count. That's not really how the body works. I don't think the body understands that. It wants to feel good. And we all have a different definition of what that is. And again, those three areas of cravings, you know, what do you need more of? Do you need more nutrient-dense foods for your unique body type? What about physical relaxation, sleep, play? I'm, I'm a huge proponent of play. Like, get yourself to a swing set. Find an adult-sized swing. Go for a bike ride. Go play frisbee. You know, when was the last time you really had fun in your body? Those fun hormones will do a world of good for you. And then there's the emotional aspects. You know, are you stressed? Are you lonely? Are you angry? Those things have an impact on our body, on our hormones. And we can't trick ourselves into eating less calories to fix our stress, anger, loneliness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I love that, of just the, the stand for integrity. You You started to shift the way you saw things, and yet you were teaching something else. There was a huge dissonance you weren't aligned with what you actually believed and that's incredibly uncomfortable when you believe something you're doing something totally different so i'm sure that must have been a huge source of relief for you once you actually came out (laughs) it was and it was so scary because i had seen other people uh who had been vegan declare that it wasn't working for them anymore and they were no longer vegan and i had seen how vicious the attack how vicious the backlash can be so I knew what was in store for me, and yeah. it was it was pretty rough. You know, I had 
thousands. I mean, the the blog post went completely viral. I had thousands of comments, Facebook posts. I got nasty, nasty emails from people, people wishing me dead, people saying, you know, I hope you have a heart attack. I hope you get cancer and die because I was now eating animals. And it's it's very challenging when people you had considered friends actually unfriend you and no longer take your call. Mm. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people stood up and say, hey, actually, you know, what she's saying here is that she's listening to and healing her body with food, which has always been her message. And what she needs now is just different. Got it. And yeah. You were just basically saying the same thing. It was just it's food as medicine, listening to your cravings. Yeah. Food is medicine, absolutely. And it's it's interesting to me. I've kind of become the vegan confessional booth. Uh, I've gotten many emails from people. A few friends have actually come out to me secretly telling me, hey, I'm, you know, I'm a vegan in public, but I've had to start eating animal products as well, but I can't tell anyone because my business relies on the vegan community or, uh, you know, I don't have any friends who aren't vegan. So they're so afraid of being ostracized. And it's really sad. It's it's totally unfair, and and it's why you know people ask me now. So what do you eat now? Are you paleo? Are you gluten free? I'm like, you know what? I'm never defining how I eat ever again, mm. because it will change, and I don't want to be afraid to give myself what I need because somebody may not like me for it. Right. So what'd you eat today? Just curious in the the life of Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So I had scrambled eggs for breakfast. Actually, eggs that a good friend of mine gave me from her chickens in New Jersey. It was such a treat. Cool. They came. It looked like Easter eggs. They were all different colors, like light blues, <laughs> and it was so so pretty. Um, so I had scrambled eggs for breakfast, and then for lunch I had this what I call an extreme salad. It's a giant salad bowl uh, with some smoked salmon, radishes, shredded carrots. Um, and just olive oil, really, really simple. And then, you know what, I haven't even had dinner yet. I've been snacking all afternoon. I've just been eating tons of berries because the berries are back. I'm so excited. It's <laughs> spring. <laughs> I've been eating berries and almonds all afternoon. Sometimes that happens, you know. Sometimes we'll have, you know, I have a seven-year-old son. Sometimes we'll just have protein smoothies for dinner. You know, dinner, uh-huh. I tend not to be as hungry um, as I am in the morning. So, I'll have massive breakfasts. I'll have two or three breakfasts. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like a hobbit. I have breakfast and then tea <laughs> and then 11 Zs and I'm eating all morning. And then by 5 o'clock, I'm kind of done. That's cool. I actually had dinner for breakfast this morning. I had leftovers with my uh, – I made some, uh, what was it, lamb shanks last night. And um, so this morning I had some leftover lamb shanks with some sweet potatoes and sauerkraut and some salad. I had that for breakfast. How crazy is that? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Man, sauerkraut is the way to go. That is such a fantastic food. Uh, Actually, it's such a great food for afternoon sugar cravings. I always encourage people Mm. to have it in their fridge. I know it seems completely opposite, but if you are having a chocolate craving, that 2, 3 o'clock chocolate craving, have a big forkful of raw unpasteurized sauerkraut. It will totally hit the spot. Yum. All right. Yeah. I wrote that down. That's a good one. So... For for maybe vegans who are listening, who are starting to feel this yeah. kind of way, like what kind of advice yeah. do you have for them to handle sort of navigating this 
issue with for themselves. Yeah, so it can be it can be very emotionally challenging. Um and I really encourage people to let their body guide them. If they are craving certain animal products that and especially if they are suffering from any health issues that can just they've been trying and trying to address with a vegan diet, you know, talk to a healthcare provider but listen to your body. You may need whatever it is that your body's actually craving. Um, it's, it doesn't make you a bad person. We are, as much as you love animals, we are animals too. We are human animals. And I, I encourage people to start slow. You know, try one food at a time. Maybe you start with eggs or fish and try that for a few weeks. Try it once and see how you feel physically. Always get the best quality. Get the organic. Get the free range. Get the grass-fed. Um, you don't want to throw off your body by adding a bunch of you know, ultra-pasteurized, corn-fed pro- food products now. So mm-hmm. really, really get the best quality. Take it slow. Start with small amounts. Um, you know, and, and if you... If you need to, you know, find a friend, find someone who will support you in this discovery process. If you don't know anyone, you know, if you have um, really surrounded yourself with only vegans, vegetarians, and animal rights folks, you know, have as much compassion for yourself as you do for the animals. That what you need, what your body's craving, may be exactly what you need to be well. And it doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you bad. Um, but find someone who can support you in that so that you're not doing it alone. I love that. Have as much compassion for yourself that you do for the animals. It's really great advice. Yeah. yeah. And then what about, you know, like the uh, the emotional component to it, the guilt that comes with it, feeling like, you know, mm-hmm. especially for someone who does it from an ethical perspective, I feel like that's the toughest the toughest one to address. It is. It is really challenging. Um, you know, I, I really am so grateful for my, my childhood when it came to getting comfortable with this. I grew up on an old farm. Um, we didn't have a ton of land, but we. my mom was an organic gardener. She had an organic gardening radio show for 11 years when I was a kid. Oh, I, I read we, that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was so passionate and so knowledgeable, and she was like, she was like Eve, you know, she just had this big, beautiful garden. And we did a ton of work as kids, weeding and <laughs> hoeing and chopping wood and carrying things. So good for but you. But it gave me, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm so I'm so glad for that education because I understand how life works. I understand what it takes to grow food. You know, we had a huge compost heap in the back and... That was one of my jobs, to take the compost out and dig it in. And, you know, I would see the huge fat worms wriggling in the soil when we dug up the earth to mix in the compost. And, you know, we had animals. We had rabbits and cats. And, you know, when they died, we would bury them out back, not in the compost pile, but nearby. And I just got this appreciation and understanding for the cycle of life. And my mom was very... 
very she was a total hippie she was way ahead of her time um she rarely gave us medicine uh she always had these herbal concoctions and she said you know what i'm only giving you antibiotics if you need it you're not taking that for a cold she said you are like the garden you are full of bacteria and i don't want to kill off those bacteria you know she was talking about this stuff in the wow. 80s before anybody was talking about it and wow. I, I just grew up understanding, like, we are not alone. We are a, we are the housing for millions of bacteria. And to believe that any of us can exist without consuming another is impossible. We're all part of the same system. Something will consume me when I die. And, of course, I want to have as light of an impact on this planet as possible, but I also understand that worms eat certain foods, cats eat certain foods. Some humans can exist and thrive well on a plant-based diet. Many cannot. You know, mm-hmm. you would never ask an Eskimo living above, you know, the or near the Arctic Circle to be on a vegan plant-based diet. You know, they they live off of whale blubber. They, their bodies have adapted and evolved to eat certain things. And yes, I do believe that most people should be improving the quality of their food and that many people could be doing much better with less animal products. But, but who am I to say that? You know, we're all different and we all need to experiment. So I got to the place that, hey, I am a human animal, and I have urges and cravings and desires, and that doesn't make me bad. I'm not so I'm not so evolved to think that I can live on air, that I am, you know, different from this earth that gave life to me. Mm. Yeah. Wow, it's great. It's and it's it, there's a, a respect that comes with it too. It's not like oh I'm going to crave meat, so I'm going to eat it. Done deal. It's like no, you're actually having respect for life and the process of it, and like you said, having as much compassion for yourself that you do for the animals. So it's wonderful. I love I love the perspective. Thank you. Were you going to say Thank yeah? You. Were you going to say something? Um, you know I. It's so interesting now. I live in New York City, and I grew up outside of Portland, Oregon. So I have a very different life now than I did growing up. And my own kid is growing up in New York City, and and he was vegan with me for the first four or five years of his life. And he was very uh, confused when I started eating animal products in the house. I bet. Because I had really, you know, I had really taught him from an early age, you know, this is what we eat and this is why and we don't eat that because of this. And mm-hmm. it, it it kind of forced us to have very adult conversations in the simplest language possible about learning to listen to your body and that I respect the fact that his body may want different foods than what my body wants. And it's yeah. a responsibility for him that he needs to start listening to his body. Now, of course, he tries to use that on me. You know, Mommy, my body really <laughs> says I need a I need a cliff bar right now. I'm like, I don't know if that's really what your body wants. But it's a really good conversation to have because so many of my readers and clients say, Well, I crave sugar. You know, am right. I supposed to give in am I supposed to give in to that? You know, if I if I followed every craving I had, I would just I'd be a 300-pound, you know, axe murderer. 
Yeah. <laughs> somebody actually somebody actually said that to me. I said, I don't think you'd be an axe murderer. I think you have, you know, you get angry with people, but it doesn't mean you're going to take their life. That's not necessarily a craving I ever had to deal with. But mm-hmm. when it comes to sugar and these foods that are quote-unquote bad for us, yes, we can go too far with certain foods. They can have a negative impact on us. Does that mean that we are bad or that they are bad? No. It means that all foods impact us in a certain way, and we have to learn our own edge. We have to learn how our body responds to these things and really listen in. So I really still believe in detox. You know, my first book was The Great American Detox Diet, and in order to help people learn to listen to their body in the first place, you know, we kind of have to peel back some layers. There's kind of the static from the media telling all the commercials, telling us what we should eat and crave, uh, you know, all the things at work, all the responsibilities. And we need to get to a place of being really able to tune in to what our body wants and asking a deeper why? You know, why that? And why sugar? And why this now? Why a cupcake? Why a mocha? Why this? And as you get deeper, as you detox those things away, as you just take them away out of the diet, replace them for a few weeks, then you can really start to listen to what the body's truly asking for, which is often sleep, good movement and rest, hydration, high-quality foods. I mean, that's really what our body is asking for most of the time. Yeah, you want to feel energy and you want to feel awake and happy. But does the sugar really help you feel happy and good overall? Mm -hmm. It may for a few moments. But when you think about what you want your life to look like and feel like, what do you truly know is going to get you there and and that's part of the the desire in the title of my next book women food and desire you know what is it that you really want and how do you need to eat to get there and that's a different mm-hmm. answer for every person mm-hmm. so i'm curious about detoxification with your take on that so what does that look like like an ideal detoxification is that something you're doing for a week is it a month is it something you're doing ongoing every single day how do you detox how do you coach your clients to detox so i take people through uh, a four to six week process Mm -hmm. where we take out what i call the six six and these are the most common sources of inflammation, of digestive issues. You know, let's let's take out those most common food sensitivities that are causing that static. They're causing this loud static in the body that make it impossible to hear what our body's really telling us. And those six are the common culprits, you know, sugar, gluten, dairy, corn, caffeine. Um, for some people it's soy, you know, there's there's a little bit of wiggle room there. And sugar covers alcohol and uh, regular sugar, all the sweeteners as well as the artificial sweeteners. So for some people, they hear that list of the 6-6 six, six and they say, well, that's 80% of what I eat. What's left? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. Unfortunately, those those common food sensitivities have become 
our diets. And yeah. I help people replace them with really easy, I try to make it as easy as possible, really simple, simple food plan. I'm a huge fan of the green and lean protein smoothies. Um, you know, doing that maybe a couple times a day as you get the hang of things. And then after a few weeks, when the inflammation, the sensitivity, the static has died down and you can really start listening to your body and what it needs, you will start understanding like, wow, I'm tired at 7 or 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night. Maybe I should go to bed earlier or wow, my job is so stressful or the people I work with are so negative. I can actually feel it in my body how stressful this place is to work or wow, my commute is killing me. Like these are these are things that we these are truths that we cover up with food. Yeah. Mm. And so we we go through the you know the static we take the static foods away and then we really look at the emotional detox aspect of it because that's what we've been covering up this whole time. And there, there is healing. There is physical healing that needs to be done. You know, healing the gut is a huge, huge first step. It's really the foundation of any good plan is gut health. And that immediately leads to balancing hormones. And then we got to look at the emotions, you know. How can we get more of the good stuff into your life? How much play do you have? How much relaxation? How much real intimate connection do you have in your life? And what kind do you want? Where is it missing? Where can we find it for you? And how can you get more of that? And we need that. Like, we need water. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Often not mentioned. Water. <laughs> yes. We need water. We need fun. We need physical pleasure. We need... I think most people need sexual pleasure as much as they need highly nutritious food. And that's quite taboo. You know, there are a few doctors who are starting to talk about that now. Uh, It's super important, and it changes our levels of desire, change throughout our life. But most of us have never had the experience of of a completely non-judgmental attitude towards our sexuality, let alone... Um, non-judgmental attitude towards our cravings for food. You know, we live in such a, a puritanical culture when it comes to both sex and food. So it can be very challenging for women especially to really own their desires and really own their cravings in a way that they can heal themselves. Yeah, so for you women listening who want to kind of explore this a little bit further with the sexual pleasure part, we did a show, um, I think maybe three months ago with Michael Russer. Um, the show was called Achieving Extraordinary Intimacy, and it was fascinating. He actually has full-blown impotence since, since ever having um, uh, his prostate removed, and he says that since actually that procedure, he and his partner have had just, you know, just the most amazing intimacy ever since then. It's, it's just a really, really mm-hmm. great show. So listen to that one. And then I'm a huge fan of the book Slow Sex by Nicole Deadone. I'm sure you're familiar with that one, Alex. I am. Yes, absolutely. I know the whole the whole realm of oming and mm-hmm. it's, such a, it's such a wonderful technique. Yeah. 
Yeah, just being connected to your body and what you actually need. So I think it's huge. And and I love that list that you rattled off with water, sun, you know, physical pleasure, play, all of it's so important. It's like, you know, I think a lot of times people want just a, a fix, like a pill for something. No pill is going to replace water. No pill is going to replace sun. No pill is going to replace pleasure, play, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, those things are just, they're ingrained in our DNA. It's what we need, you know? Yeah. We are we are like plants. I mean, think about it. How do we create vitamin D in our body? By standing out in the sunlight and letting the top layer of our skin actually create this hormone for us. I mean, it's remarkable how how, dif- how different from the plants who use photosynthesis to create yeah. their own food from the sun. How different really are we? You know, maybe we are more... And maybe that's the challenge for us humans. We like to think that we have dominated the earth. Uh, we right. like to think that we are different. We like to think that we're special in that way. And, and we are. We are unique. We are different. And and we are still of this earth. We are still right. human animal slash a little bit of plant. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I love that. So so then you you take out the sick sick the sick six. Um, then you're addressing the emotional component of the detoxing. And um, Mm -hmm. uh, so it's basically like a six-week kind of thing of avoiding, of taking out those foods, right? Is it with you four to six weeks? Yes, four to six weeks. And then we do a slow reintroduction where Mm -hmm. you you have, nobody can tell you. And and this was what I experienced myself in going, from you know standard American diet to vegan to whatever I am now, an intuitive eater, I guess. Uh, no one can tell you what how a food is going to make you feel. No one can tell you the effect of a certain meal on your body and your energy. You have to experience it for yourself. You have to have your own experience of food and eating. So. What we do in the reintroduction phase is we add one food back in at a time for several days, and you mark, how is this food really affecting me? And this is a it's a, a light bulb moment, a series of light bulb moments for a lot of people. It's so remarkable to hear people say, wow, I didn't realize how dairy was affecting me. I took it out for a few weeks, and, you know, my headaches went away and my allergies cleared up and then I added it back in and I started getting acne. Like, it's crazy. You know, there's still a lot of dermatologists out there who tell you that what you eat has nothing to do with the health of your skin. Mm-hmm. And I've seen oh, it yeah. time and time again that that's absolutely not true. What you eat shows yeah. up on your face. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Yep. That one's gluten, that one's dairy, that one's corn. (laughs) Right, right, right. So that personal experience of reintroducing each of those foods back in one at a time is revelatory. And it's also frustrating. And I wonder if you've noticed this too, that you're talking about a pill for sleep, a pill for water. There's nothing that, you know, your body is remarkable. It can heal so quickly, really, if you give it the chance. Really, in a month, people have healed all kinds of illnesses and diseases with the proper diet. It's, it's pretty amazing. But it does take a little time for you to feel the difference between foods. And if you've never done this kind of eating before, it will seem strange. 
you know, how do I, wait, how do I, I, I take this food out and then I add this food in and then I try this again and, and I notice how I feel. And if you are not being guided by someone or in a community of people who are there to like hold, you know, hold that vision for you of really exploring and discovering what's true for you, it can be really challenging to do it by yourself, right? right. We all need support to remember why I'm doing this. Um, you know, oh, I feel I feel terrible today. Oh, right, because I had that thing yesterday. Of course. Now we it's hard to do that alone in this crazy you know topsy turvy world that we live in where we're all so busy and influenced by so many things so you got to get support and community when you're venturing into this new way of eating mhm yeah absolutely yeah and w- one curiosity i have with with kind of backtracking a bit when you were on the vegan diet and then when you switched and ate, you know added more plant pro- or sorry animal proteins in your diet what do you think was it that that you were actually missing you know like nutrition wise mm. are there any specific deficiencies you thought that you might have had i mean you i'm sure you've done a ton of research on this now of what deficiencies can come with the vegan diet but what do you think it was for you i think it was a variety of things um I think my hormones were changing. You know, your your body is in a different state when you are 35 compared to when you're 25. You know, things mm-hmm. change over time. I don't know if you knew that, but your body changes as you get older. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I I did not get a full hormonal panel done when I was doing this, which is unfortunate because it would have been great to kind of, you know, see what the hormones were doing during all of this. But what I see is that I was under an unusual amount of stress. My adrenals were depleted. Um, my I'd always, I had always, and I still am, if I'm not careful, veer towards anemia. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a problem for me, even through my pregnancy. But I think as you age and as your hormones change, your a slight bit of anemia can start to have a big effect on your body and on your mood and on your hormones. So I think it was a variety of things. Uh, now, people, it's so funny, there were so many people who came out and said, oh, she wasn't doing it right. She wasn't right. doing veganism right. And I'm like, well, I'm man, sure. actually, I wrote a few books about it, so I kind of <laughs> I think I was doing the best I could the best anybody could. I was getting all the the plant-based proteins, all the amino acids. And and this is what's so interesting to me is that I was doing it quote unquote right. I had yeah. all of I was eating enough. I was eating enough calories. I was getting enough fat. I was getting enough protein. But it wasn't working for me anymore. And you know what? There's still a little bit of mystery. There's still a little bit of art to this nutrition science, right? Nothing yeah. is perfect. We're learning so much all the time. I mean, gut health, the microbiome, that's like the wild west of nutrition right now. There's so much we <laughs> don't know. Right. It's remarkable. So I just encourage people who are listening to this show, and I, I'm so glad you're listening to this show because you're educating yourself. You are on this path of self-discovery. And what's true for you now probably wasn't true or right for you 10, 15 years ago. And you know what? It's going to change again. And no one can tell you your experience of food and health. 
you're the only one who really understands what it is that you need. So I just encourage you to keep curious. Keep looking great. You find what works for you. You feel great. Awesome. There's always new information. Don't you know when you stop looking and start listening in to your body, you know, that's the beginning of the end. Mm, I love that. Keep being curious. Really, really, really good. So if you had to, because there's so much juicy, meaty information in this show, Mm -hmm. um, if you could pick like one thing um, for our listeners to implement today for their health, what what would be that one thing Mm. you would recommend? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I, well, or okay, three. I'm going to pick, okay, one or three, perfect, thank you. Um, the first would be sleep. I think we are all a bunch of sleep-deprived adults walking around like zombies, and that causes us to be slow, it causes us to crave more sugar, um, you know, which again isn't a terrible thing, but if you're constantly eating it to stay awake, your body just gets depleted over time. So get eight hours of sleep for an entire week and see what happens. It's like a miracle drug, I'm telling you. So that's the first one. Uh, Mm -hmm. The second one is to have some fun. When was the last time you went and like played frisbee or ran around with your dog or got a hula hoop or had sex or masturbated, you know? What's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. It's great for you. I highly encourage you to have good, pleasurable, physical fun in your body. Mm. And the other, the the last thing would be to, you know, do some do some emotional detox work. You know, we got we got a couple of great ideas in here, but let's do some emotional detox work. You know, look at what emotions, what unfinished business in your life Maybe showing up in your body. You know, what person do you need to forgive? What conversation do you need to have with someone that's been weighing on you? You know, what what apology do you need to give to someone? Maybe there's something that's been weighing on you that's been causing a low level of stress for decades. It is such a relief. You know, people are so afraid to admit that they're wrong. I love admitting when I'm wrong because, man, it's like, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, cool. Like, I didn't see that. I'm so sorry. And when someone really feels you apologize and you really feel that desire to apologize to someone, it's like, it's like soothing medicine. It's such a relief. And if you could like make friends and really connect with someone that you haven't been close with in a long time, it would you would wake up feeling so good tomorrow morning that you would have felt like you got twelve hours of sleep. It's mm-hmm. fantastic stuff. Mm. That's great. It's really really good advice. I love that, Alex. I could talk to you all night, but we need to get sleep at some point. And I love that the first <laughs> time you were scheduled to be on, you had to sleep. The second time, I had to sleep. So third time, perfect. <laughs> but we had to you know wonderful to figure out what worked for us. Yeah. So where can our listeners find you and what's on the horizon for you? So they can find me at alexandrajameson.com. And what's on the horizon for me is actually uh, an upcoming Discovery Detox program, which will be a a six-week detox online so people anywhere in the world can participate. 
Um, they get one-on-one coaching with me, a wonderful community of people who have the same interests at heart. And my book, Women, Food, and Desire, will be out in January. So if they sign up for my newsletter at alexandrajameson.com, they will be in the loop for all of that good stuff. Great. So to participate in the detox, they want to, they should go to your website and sign up with your newsletter, right? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Any parting words, my dear? Oh, go and ask your gut what you really desire. Just keep asking, what do I need right now? What is this intelligence wanting? And you can trust yourself. So go forth and ask. Amen, girl. Have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for being my guest tonight. It was a blast, and I'm sure I'll see you very soon at something very soon. Who knows? Probably JJ Virgin's mm. next event. But give you a big old hug when I see you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Have a good night. All right, you guys, that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, mark your calendars next week. We will have, let's see, who did we say we had on my announcements? Oh, Dr. Diana Hoppe. Well, it's going to continue the topic of sex. We're going to have Diana Hoppe on next week talking about sex drive, how to naturally boost that. So tune in for that and the next week's show will be with jordan and steve from scd lifestyle thanks so much for listening you guys have a great week we'll talk to you next week North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details.